Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Coco Show. I'm John. And I'm Aaron. And today, Aaron, we're going to be talking about demon attacks. Yes, sir. Now, Aaron, have you ever been attacked by a demon? <laughs> I lived with one for 10 years. <laughs> no, I know. Now, now, Aaron, I know that you've never really been attacked by a demon, but you have seen a couple demons in your life. Um, I don't think that everyone listening knows the, the epic tale of what happened one night after that train passed by Daveroni's. So maybe you, you better you better you better relate that story. Your obsession with that story it, it's unnerving to me. I love that I story. Tell and nobody knows it because this is something that's only been talked about on Amigos. It's never been talked about on the Coco Show. You know, I used to I used to watch dishes at a pizza place. Uh, right down the road here was Daveroni's Pizza and the and the back door of the place opened up to the some railroad tracks. All right, so I was in there watching dishes one night, and a train drove by, which that was nothing out of the ordinary. And, it's right next to the train tracks. Yeah, but this time, like I was washing dishes, just doing my thing, and all of a sudden, I felt real woozy. Okay, mm. I got a feeling there was something bizarre on this train. That's that was my guess. I mean, it could have been anything, but I mean, I could I don't know what it was, but this it was a weird smell in my head, and I got woozy. And I got so uh, jacked up that I finally stopped washing the dishes and told the magic, listen, I'm I'm not feeling good. I'm getting the heck out of here. So instead of going home, I went to my buddy's house. <clears throat> I hung out for a few hours and got late. And I was coming home, <clears throat> coming back from his house to come home. And I climbed up over this hill. And in Hurricane, there's a, there's a standard food, which is a giant warehouse of uh, where trucks come and bring take food away. And then beside it is a graveyard. And as I'm coming across the hill of this graveyard... I see someone walking in the street, and as I get closer and closer uh, to this person, I can't. I'm like, "What am I looking at here?" And it was it. As I got closer, it looked like some sort of hideous, demonish freak that had mounted oh, yeah. with skin all ripped and torn, and uh, uh, looking all freakish. And so, and I and I got a weird feeling, you know, when I saw her, and I was like, "Man, this is what in the hell?" So I was actually scared. So I hightailed it back to the house. Uh, and uh, slept it off. And I always wondered if I got exposed, you know, sort of like uh, Daredevil, if I was exposed to radiation or something briefly, and, and, mm. I, and I could see dead people, like in the movie. But yeah, that's that's right. as close as I came to seeing a real demon. I have met plenty of demonologists over the years, and people that were into the study of de- demonology, but I don't, I've never personally, aside from that, possibly that one time, I've ever met a demon. Mm. What about mm. you, bud? Now, would you, I, I've never personally met a demon, um, I, I do think that there's probably demonic influence. You know, I'm in, I'm in, I'm into it. That's probably the wrong thing to say. I'm not into it. I'm, it makes sense I, I'm when you say it like that. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, you know, you've been to a ton of these, uh, events where, like you said, you, you meet the demonologists, yeah. you meet, you've gone to the psychic fair, if you will. Well, yeah, um, I have done that too. So, uh, has any of these people ever made a convincing case to you, or do you think that these people are just out to sell their latest book? Well, I mean, listen, the psychic fair—that's that's a whole different kettle of fish. It's 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 a very stupid kettle of fish. But I have met some people. Let me tell you something: these guys that are into demonology, the real guys that like have degrees, mm-hmm. they're not screwing around. Like they've got they—they're uh, real. The guys I've met two of them that were real uh, experts in their field, like internationally recognized. Not just some goof 
that has a radio show at 2 a.m. in some distant land. I mean, these guys were actual. They get called in to universities and stuff. Do, I, I never really thought to ask him, are demons real? They just more like study the lore and stuff uh, and, hmm. the, and the, and the, you know, the effects throughout history. It's, 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 I guess it'd be an interesting topic or field to get into, but I don't know. I can't imagine there being a lot of work for that. That's true. That's true. So it's funny with this game, Demon Attack. Yeah. The demons are, are, are not what you consider to be, you know, our, our classic, you know, red tights with the pitchfork type demons. Yeah. Maybe we should get into what Demon Attack actually is on the Coco Aaron. Yeah. Demon Attack. Uh, I always thought that demon attack is more of the the non-literal sense of the word demon. Just like we're being attacked by those creatures, those demons, that kind of thing. Like they're bad mouthing them, you know, as opposed mm, to yeah. But I mean, they're I, cutting a promo on the demons. If you think about it, saying. though, if you ever play Satan's Hollow, which mm-hmm. is the, it's the game that I, uh, I associate with demon attack, that takes place in hell, presumably, right? And you are being bombarded by demons. So you know, I guess in some uh, weird. Uh, alternative universe demons drive around and shoot you from the sky <laughs> very strange now i think about it you think that they'd have a a better way to get at you than just shooting out from the sky but who knows maybe that's how demons roll hey, i don't yeah, know you got that right so sure let's talk let's get into it a little bit here boat about demon attack now before we touch on the coco's uh, version of this we're gonna talk about the actual old school game demon attack uh which was written by a fellow named rob fullop back in the day uh this thing got released all over the place boat now get this th- listen to this you got to give this game credit because they did they they went out and searched for obscure more obscure systems to get released on of course you had the original uh odyssey or the uh, atari 2600 version you had an odyssey version of this boat odyssey 2 got a, mm-hmm. a version of this the uh, atari 8 bits got a version of course, the Intellivision got a version. The TI got a version of this thing, Boat, which is unusual. Uh, the C64 and, of course, the Coco uh, got a version. Well, you know, well. iMagic was not shy about spreading around the love. That's true. If there was if there was a platform, they would put it out on there. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the The original version of this, for the Atari, I believe it was out in 82, and then the uh, Coco version uh, came around in 84. So a couple years mm-hmm. later, but still... I like the fact that they you got the television and the TI in there. And the, I mean, nothing gets released on the Odyssey. It's probably, yeah. you know, Odyssey 2 and, and the Coco. The Coco had more third-party releases than Odyssey by a long shot. So that's pretty neat. And the Magic was kind of a neat company. They were sort of a birth uh, from some of the guys from Activision. And they followed that same line, you know, trying to outdo uh, uh, other other uh, competitors on the original Atari be one of the right. early, uh, you know, third-party producers of cartridges. One of the things I always liked about the Magic stuffs—they had those cool foil-colored boxes, you know. And they also mm-hmm. a lot of them, not all of them. And they also all often had like the live-action shots of game of like simulated gameplay on the front. They'd have cool-looking yeah. cities and stuff they did with miniatures. I remember uh, reading something somewhere where about how much it cost to make just to take these pictures. I mean, these weren't cheap, man. Yeah, uh, they, yeah they, they they put some effort into it. So I always thought that was what I Magic did was they took in in my mind what they did was they took 
the artistic grandness of those original, especially Atari 8-bit boxes where they had, you know, these really epic, you know, scenes. And I guess 2600 boxes were like this to a certain extent uh, where they really took the imagination and the artwork to the next level. And then they combined that with the playability of the Activision games. You know, with Activision games, they were some of the best games for the 2600, but the box art was not nearly as intricate as what you got on the original, you know, the, 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 the home office Atari 2600 game. So it was a mix of both. And to me, iMagic was probably one of the most, if not the most consistent, uh, you know, great release games on the 2600. They've got a lot of great, they've got a lot of great games. I mean, if you, just to name a couple I, I liked were, uh, uh, you had, of course, uh, Cosmic Arc, which, you know, mm-hmm. I love that one. Uh, I think they had Dragonfire was theirs. Phoenix. Fe- well, no, Phoenix wasn't theirs. The Phoenix that was the arcade machine. Uh, spe- uh, and speaking of Phoenix, that's the game that, that that this gets compared to the most. So let's get let's get into the Coco version of this. So, what do you do in Demon Attack? Well, it's pretty simple. Uh, there's demons attacking you. You try to shoot them before they shoot you. That's pretty much that's pretty much the game. Uh, the uh, different versions of this game have sort of different backgrounds and even sort different sorts of demons. They look kind of different. The Coco version has a very pleasant uh, opening screen. And then mm-hmm. you and then you go to a sort of a, I would say a moonscape, and uh, I get I gather it's the moon just from playing this on the television. There's a similar screen where you in that version you can sort of see the Earth in the background. Uh, but then uh, after several waves on that screen, eventually you graduate to a boss battle where you fight a giant hideous demon uh, who who spawns little demons to come after you. Uh, so uh, this this game ha- is has a boss level, which is neat. Uh, it's not something you saw every day back back in those days, and like I said, not every version of Demon Tech got the boss level. Um, as you go through this game, uh, you the demons come in waves. Early on, you just get singular demons coming down, but eventually, you get demons that come down. They with longer like dual shots. Uh, mm-hmm. Sometimes the demons uh, will uh, split in half. You know, there are some demons that do yeah. that. And, and one thing that's worth noting about the demons, the way that they enter the screen is very unique. Most of the time, the demons, you know, if you're playing a Space Invaders type game, which let's be honest, this is this game has its roots in Space Invader, Galaga, those type of games. Uh, the, the enemies just sort of appear. But in this game, the enemies, uh, they, they sort of implode onto the screen where you'll see like half of each side of the enemy come together in a rapid fashion. The way that these enemies are drawn on the screen is really really unique did you did you like that Aaron I do and, and that those you know we talk about this uh all, all over the place when it comes to those little flourishes that make mm-hmm. the game is more fun and more interesting and demon attacks got a lot of them I mean listen a lot of people compare this game as you sort of mentioned earlier to to the arcade Phoenix and I mean I can understand why to a certain degree because that you've got these flapping creatures that are shooting at you and you're shooting back uh, plus there's a boss level but really the boss level is completely different in every way, and the and Phoenix also your your ship had the uh, uh, had the task of shooting those large birds where you had to shoot the wings off and stuff. I mean, I can see the similarities, but I think De- I don't think they're the same beast. I'd say mm-hmm. if Demon Attack, like I said, it sort of reminds me of like a, 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 the the major difference is the way the demons attack. Uh, that you've got in in Phoenix, they just shoot you like a normal shots, and this the the bullets come down. They have different 
firing uh, areas where the, yeah, the bullets we, come we down should, and we should, we should really spend some time and talk about that yeah. because if you're familiar with a game like Galaga or Galaxian or Space Invaders, um, those enemies basically travel across the screen in horizontal lines. In later games like Galaga, they swoop down towards you. The attack patterns in Demon Attack are totally different because the enemies don't move in horizontal lines. First of all, there's a lot fewer enemies on the screen at once. Then they also fly like birds. So if you can imagine the way that a bird might... Well, that's not really true because birds don't really do this either. <laughs> it's hard. Uh, they, 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 they sort of hover about. Uh, in various locations on the screen, they go up and down gradually. And here's the biggest thing. Only one enemy at a time shoots at you in yeah. Demon Attack. So you might have five or six enemies on the screen. Only the one that's closest to you, as it works its way down the screen, is is actually firing at you. Another difference is, if you compare it to Space Invaders, of course, if Space Invaders, if, you get, uh, if one of the enemies reaches the bottom of the screen, then you lose. Uh, in this game, if one of the enemies reaches the bottom of the screen, it just goes to the bottom and comes back to the top. So it's more like uh, Galaga in that way. But uh, this is very different than your, your run-of-the-mill sort of, uh, you know, space shooter type game just because of the attack patterns of the enemies. What did you think about that only having one enemy firing at you at a time? It seems like if if, if someone's listening to this or, or hasn't played this, you'd think to yourself, oh, there's only one there's only one of the bad guys firing. That should be a tough. It actually, it's it's actually quite interesting the way they do it uh, because uh, the bullets, uh, since the lowest one towards you is shooting, that means you've got the least amount of area to move in before the bullets come down to where they can hit you. Does that make sense? You've got, yeah. there's less mileage for those bullets to cover. And right. so, and, and there isn't just one or two bullets. These guys are raining down bullets, probably seven at a time. They fire these things in. Of course, with your space shooter, you can only fire one bullet at a time. And so you're you're at a disadvantage. Now, avoiding, like like you said, you might think, well, it's easy to avoid the guy that's shooting at you. But at the same time, you're trying to get to those other enemies, and those other enemies are constantly flying back and forth into the realm of where these shots are raining down at you. So it's more challenging than you might think. Yep. Plus, you've got, there are several different types of, like, you've got the guys that come down with the bulk shots, and then you've also got the uh, the demons that shoot the double long lasers. Uh, if you've ever played, uh, uh, if there there are some games, I'm trying to think of one, uh, a good example of this, Gorf. Remember in Gorf, there's those aliens that have those long beams that shoot down on the mm -hmm. on like the second level. This is uh, this is sort of like that because they're they're different to avoid than the than the bulk shots. They they have these two like twin long beams that come down. So you've got you've got different type firing types. Uh, right. Again, some of the demons also uh, when you shoot them they split in half. They still shoot, and so now you're shooting at something much smaller. And the demons and and, and particularly in the Coco version of this. They get really small, don't they, Boat? I mean, you're, it's, you have to be a, a good shot to get some of these things as they move through the air. Yeah, yeah. And I guess we should probably mention that when you start this game, you actually have the option to choose the kind of laser beam that you have. Uh, I want to thank L. Curtis Boyle for providing me with the uh, the manual of this, which is available nowhere else on the Internet. Even it's I not on the Coco that. Archive. This is the actual Coco version of the Demon Attack manual. Mm. 
So you have uh, available to you the straight shooting laser, which is what I use. But if you press the, the, the three key at the title screen, then you get a one-player game with tracer shooting. And the way that tracer shooting works is you can actually, once you fire your laser, when you move back and forth on the screen, the laser beam will actually go with your ship. And so I don't know if that would make it easier or harder, but it does give you a slightly different way to play the game. Did you ever try the tracer shooting? I had no. I honestly, that's the first I've ever heard of that boat. I'll be honest with you. That's which which button is it you hit on that? That says so one and two. You know, press one for one right. player straight shooting, two for two player straight shooting. Then when you press three, that gives you the tracer shooting for one player. And here's a here here's a crazy that's thing. Awesome. If you want. If you want phantom demons where the demons actually become invisible for short periods of time, yeah. you can press five. I don't know why you'd want to complicate the game any more than that. But again, this is another example of why the Coco was awesome. They gave you tons of options from the get-go, different ways to experience the same game, which added to the replay. Well, wow, how many people? I mean, I've played this game for years. I had no idea about that. That's awesome information. So that's something that, yeah, I, it's a shame. Cause like I said, I've, I've not seen the manual for this. So that's that's good stuff. Good job, Curtis, on that. Um, I you know I've played a lot of different versions of this, and this is the only one I've seen that has the demons get as small as they do. Something else we haven't mentioned, but you sort of touched on it. The demons uh, keep lowering, and mm -hmm. eventually they get down to the point where they can just run over you, and they do. Right. And so that it's an added element of difficulty where it, it that's sort of like a a, a, a a space invaders when they get real low and they land. It's very similar. So these just run run into you. Uh, it's it that's a neat element. Um. Let's talk about the boss battle uh, boat in this. The boss battle in this is uh, unusual, to say the least. Wouldn't you agree? It's, I don't think I've seen one quite like it. Uh, when, the, when This is really, you know, well, I know we're going to talk about the ports of or the, the different versions of Demon Attack in a little bit, but this is one area of the game where you really see the differences come out. So what would you compare the boss of this game to? So first of all, Demon Attack is unique of a lot of space shooter games because it actually has a boss level. This has got to be one of the first games ever on the home systems to feature a boss level. Uh, this guy looks like a Cyclops, you know, uh, crossed with a Chinese dragon, maybe. Uh, he's a really horrific-looking beast. And uh, you, you have to know what you're doing to beat him because you can't just fire blindly into him like you do with most bosses, like that lame boss in Hybris. Well, what you have to off. do is you have to wait for one of the demons to go into sort of his, I don't know what you'd call it, maybe his scarf. It's sort of a, it's it's, not, it's an accoutrement that the demon wears about town when he's going out trying to impress the lady demon. That's his demon shield, dude. Oh, <laughs> maybe not, that's what you, you know, call this it. This guy looks like something from H.P. Lovecraft's Nightmare. He's a big, it looks like a, one of the deep old ones. I'm starting to think that maybe this has uh, uh, some Cthulhu connections here, uh, this game. Mm -hmm. uh, but mm -hmm. I love this guy. He is awesome looking. He's creepy looking. What a boss. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Now, I will say. He looks like. He looks like a guy that you would hope to meet in a game like Demon Attack. He freaking looks like a demon. He's got that big Cyclops eye that's glaring at you. So after you destroy his scarf, what you have to do, and this is the best thing, is that he doesn't have any kind of lame power meter where you've got to wear him down and he starts flashing. No. One direct hit to the eye, just like a real demon, will kill him right away. Well, it's neat. Now, I will say... Uh, the Intellivision also has a big boss battle. I don't think every version of Demon Tech got the boss battles, by the way. Uh, so kudos for them. The, I will say the, the the Intellivision version has a whole different type of setup. It, it's more like a uh, a demonic 
airship or something. It's just shooting. It's real. It's real freaking weird. But this one looks mm-hmm. like a straight up demon. I mean, this is far more disturbing than any of the other end bosses that you're going to see in any of the demon attacks. Yeah. You know, I wanted to ask you. I know I saw that this had an eight bit Atari port. Have you ever tried that on, uh, on before on the uh, on the uh, computer? You know, I haven't because this was just a game that I always default to the the, the Atari 2600 version of. However, I have seen the Atari 8-bit port, and it doesn't hold a candle. It looks like a slightly up, upgraded version of the 2600 port. You don't have the moonscape. And yeah. to me, the, 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 the thing about this game is that you're going to want to have the moonscape because that really sets the stage. And I don't believe that the Atari 8-bit version has the boss level either. I, and, I don't so what are we so. doing here? I th- yeah. I, if it's like the 2600 version, I'd say it doesn't. It, it, and I will say the moonscape was sort of later added to these later releases. Uh, so mm-hmm. I always thought that was really cool. I should mention before we move down the line here that this game on the Coco is credited to the author uh, M. Vorsanger. All right, which apparently was one of the guys that worked over to Magic, that he put, and he did a good job on this. Like I said, I've got nothing bad to say about it. I think it's a competent version. Uh, this you could get on cartridge, and this works on all the compu- all the color computers that have 16K and uh, and a joystick. I will say this this game also plays quite nicely with the Black Beauties. I didn't have any trouble at all uh, playing this thing. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, so yeah, I played this when when we did this on the game on challenge on Coco Talk. I played it on you know Coco Three with the deluxe joystick, and, and I found it to be very pleasurable. Now, let me ask you a question, Aaron. Yeah, what I did with this game, I found it to be most advantageous to just hold the button down because there are usually enough enemies on screen, and your shots go off the screen. Any misses go off the screen fast enough that it just makes sense to just hold that button down and move back and forth. Did you do that, or did you did you fire for each shot? Well, I did both. You know, the funny thing about this game, it's the point when we were doing this for the uh, uh, the Coco Talk Point Chat Game Challenge uh, last week. I played a lot of this more than I'd played before, and I tried everything to get points because they're hard to come by in this. This is one of the few games I've ever seen where you kill the end boss and you don't get anything extra. <laughs> you just get to keep playing. It's also one of the few games I've seen where you get to the end boss. And whether you beat him or not, you, the game just keeps going. If you get killed, it keeps going. If you don't get killed, it keeps going. It kind of knocks you back a few levels if you if you lose to him. But th- the points are hard to come by in this. And really, the only way the only way to get the big points is to just not get shot. And so, right. and you shoot so slowly. This game is really more about dodging than is anything else. I mean, you have to be really good at dodging. I did notice that, th- that uh, often the bullets would get lost in that moonscape. I had a heck of a time sometimes seeing the the, the bullets where they were going to land, you know. So mm-hmm. that that is a because the moonscape is is white and the bullets are white, uh, so that that could be a problem. Did you have any issues with that when you were playing it? A little bit, but the thing is, like like I said, I got my highest score on this game just by holding down the button yeah. and avoiding the enemy bullets. Like if you if you do that, that seems to be the way to do it. So I wasn't as concerned with just not being able to see my own shots. If they land, they land. If they don't, they don't. But being able to avoid those enemy shots, yeah, the it, it is pretty clever. The way that it works is that the enemy as the enemy shoots at you, when they're passing over outer space, those shots are white, and then when they go onto the 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 moon surface, they change to black. However, because the moon surface is a combination of white and black, it can get a little bit hairy. However. They rain down in such an amount that you just want to not be in the area at all. Yeah. You know, I will say one of the things that the Atari 2600 version did have on this was the demons in that were big 
and mm-hmm. multicolored. Big, huge. Another thing that I like about uh, the, the Atari 2600 version is that you actually see your shot loaded into your ship. Yeah. So if, if you're familiar with the way that the, the ship looks in Demon Attack and almost all of the ports, it's actually like two roughly triangular objects sort of put together with a space in the middle. And in the Atari 2600 version, you actually see your missile loaded into the middle of those two rectangles, and you see it shoot up. Yeah. Why they didn't put that in the Coco version, I have no idea, because huh. that's a huge, that's a big deal to me. I love seeing the, the the shot loaded and seeing it launch out of there. It's neat, but it's not like, I mean, it doesn't really affect the game. It's not a deal yeah, killer, but, cool. but it is. it would be a nice little thing there, to Like have. I said, the, 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 the Atari versions of this... They're not without merit. I mean, this was a good. Uh, this was a good uh, game on on any si- or really any system I ever played it on. Uh, in '83, uh, this got voted best video game of the year, which is not too bad. And yeah, it, uh, uh, so it, you, clearly it was well received. This was a. I mean, for those that were around back in the early '80s, you'll remember this game. It had commercials. Uh, it was a. It was a big seller for Imagine. This may be their biggest game, frankly. I mean, I, I'm mm. not. I'm trying to think of any game that would have been more uh, well received than this one. I can't think of it. We mentioned we mentioned the Intellivision version of this, and I'm going to put up a comparison video here, and you can see that the Coco version. These two had the kind of the Moonscape idea. I think the Coco's version of the Moonscape is far cooler looking uh, than the Intellivision. Oh, I agree. Uh, I agree. I, I do like the fact that the Intellivision's got the Earth in the background, but I I, I think the kind of creepy look of the Coco version works well. Uh, it, it's it's much more realistic looking too, don't you think? Yeah, and I know that uh, you, you sort of touched on this before, but I really love the title, the title screen in yeah. this game, because you see Demon Attack, you know, printed on really pretty scripted letters, but then you also see a little demo of the gameplay being played at the same time. Uh, I really thought that was a nice touch, and, uh, and I, I wish more games did it like that, instead of just having a static screen with the title screen before you moved on. Yeah, I agree with you on that. But I mean, I think they're both versions are good. Uh, it's just a, it's just a preference and personal taste. And if you have it in television, I will say that when it comes to controlling uh, the game, uh, the Coco version is a lot easier to control. The Intellivision, for all of its power, and it I mean it was technically it had the first 16-bit processor in a in a home console. Uh, the joysticks for that, or game pads, if you will, were just I mean even the Black Beauties are are better. They're just mm-hmm. and and. Don't get me wrong. There, the 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 game pads work for some games, but for games like this, they weren't my favorite uh, because the buttons you had the buttons for it to fire on the sides, and so you're holding your hand like that all the time, and it just it, it hurts. And after you played yeah. a game like this for a while, that they need you to shoot a lot. Ultimately, you just you run out of gas on it. So mm-hmm. it's it's a t- it's a tough uh, road to hoe. Uh, so any any parting thoughts on this one, Boat? If you're, you know, this is this is another solid game for the Coco. If you're into space shooters, if you're into, you know, especially vertical space shooters, if you're looking for maybe the closest thing that the Coco got to a game like Galaga or something like that, this, you can't go wrong with this game. And the boss level just puts it right over the top. So check this one out. This yeah. one gets a, this one gets an A for me. I should mention that uh, you can. There are a couple of these available on eBay uh, right now. Uh, they're asking big money uh, for these between uh, thirty six and and sixty bucks. The box on these was not Coco standard, and also the cartridge has a has a picture on it, so they're they're a different. Oh, look. so it's not the normal like hole cut in well, the cartridge yeah, they, or the box because, type thing. And, and Magic's not an idiot. 
They're yeah. like, listen, we're going to put something in. <laughs> Let's put something. Although, really, with the picture on the cartridge, they could have used the uh, program pack box and probably got yeah. away with it, uh, Boat. Uh, but uh, I, I don't. I, I think they probably made the right call. You know, I don't know how well these sold on the Coco. It, this is a game I knew existed back in the day, and I liked it. And I, I, but I don't know. You know, it's I don't know how well any Coco game sold over the years. It's really, I, I don't know if any uh, any of the Coco guys that are, uh, have more connections than me can can tell you how a game sold. But I would assume that the looking the game the way the game looks that I mean if you're gonna buy something on looks alone I'd say this would be one of the better looking Coca games there is. Absolutely. There you Absolutely. go. So yeah, I agree with you though. Overall, this is this is a game I really enjoyed. I think it's I think it's an excellent game. Now, did you look at any of the? Uh, I know that it's it's more difficult to find reviews of these things. Did you find any I any, I any sort of Jack's, reviews on this? I did not. One? I did yeah. not see. Any, I yeah. didn't see anything uh, review wise. And this, like I said, this did come out in uh, for the Coco in like '84. So there mm-hmm. should have been. There's probably something out there, but I I, I didn't run across any. Uh, yeah. Just yeah. look at those magazines. The funny thing about the uh, uh, the old uh, Coco magazines, a lot of them just didn't. Unlike say in the UK, they just didn't put. They didn't give game scores. They, right. So I I would find articles that say like they liked it, but I mean overall, it, it, there was no scores to, to to give. Yeah. 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 Well, uh, as we wind things down, of course, we want to thank all of the fine folks that make the Coco Show happen, people that support us on Patreon. Uh, we want to thank our Coco Show supporters, William Becker, Buttons, and Steve Rasmussen. Thank you guys so much for supporting the show. And we want to give a special thank you to Coco Show superstar, Robert Murphy. Uh, you rule. Thank you so much. If you'd like to support The Coco Show, you can head over to patreon.com slash The Coco Show and uh, you can you can check it out. Uh, it's, uh, and so we we're, our plan is to do The Coco Show about once a month and uh, next month, Aaron, we're going to take a look at a classic, what I've always associated with, a classic associated with the Atari 8-bit computers, Rescue on Fractalus. Oh, yeah. So I'll be interested to check out this, I believe, is a Coco 3-only game. Maybe it has some uh, some updates and some different things that make it stand out from the pack. So we'll be checking that out uh, next month. Uh, as always, uh, anybody that supports the show, either through Twitch or through uh, Patreon, you get access to our Amigos Retro Gaming Discord server. We'd love to have you on board. You can leave reviews that we will read on air for our next Coco Show game. Um, and uh, we want to say a special thank you to all those fine folks that have actually joined us in the chat today as we're recording live. We always record uh, the Coco Show sort of at, at different times, so I, I don't want to tell you when we're going to be recording the next one, but uh, if, you, uh, if you are a subscriber, you can find out on the Discord. Uh, we will never never uh, go over with the, the Coco Talk. We always we always give it pride a place, and we 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 uh, we we record right after that's over. Uh, we've got right in it here with us. We've got Pixels at Dawn and Duncan Styles, our moderators who run the show, who are the the real magic. And of course, we've got 3D Code Warrior, Alien Intellect, Amiga Cami, Amiga Live, uh, Atten, Bitstorm, Brock 101, Buck Owens is with us, as well as Canadian Retro Things. We got Carbot, Chet Simpson, Cobrian. Commander Root, Cooper Sakura, Delamort78, Edvin Helland, 
already in the man cave, Exile in Paradise, a.k.a. Coco Superstar, uh, Frodo NL is with us, Hamo One, Ildera, Ilmus, Jason Warns from the Great White North, L. Curtis B. from the Great White North, Er, Mark Bullsley, Mitsuyama, Nick Marr, 68, fresh off his Coco Talk appearance, Nick Marentes, same, Paco Take, Tom Toms, VNK, Vigoro Pros, and, of course, Dave Z, maker of fine 3D printed goods, all over the world, wide world of retro. Thank you guys so much for being here with us for this edition of the Coco Show. Thank you very much. All right, Aaron. We will see you guys next week. Next week? Maybe not. Probably next month. We'll see you next month for Rescue on Fractalus. Until then, all hail L. Curtis Boyle. <laughs>